What's up, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Guys Talking Sports. And on this week, we'll talk about the NFL, the good, the bad, the ugly. We'll talk about a little bit of MLB, and we'll just talk about overall general sports. So make sure you turn in to this week's episode of Guys Talking Sports. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Guys Talking Sports. My webcam is hella cloudy, and it's right before the holidays. It's cold outside, and we had a nice little winter storm warning effect here in Maryland. But it ain't stopped a brother from getting out of bed and rolling to the basement and going to work. So it ain't stopping a brother from getting out here and doing this podcast because I ain't had to step outside. But for those of you that did have to step outside, I applaud you. Hopefully it wasn't too bad out there. Fellas, what's good? <laughs> it's raining. <laughs> it's windy. But it's not super cold. Yeah, some of them jokers I hate don't know how to drive in the rain, but I'm not here to sit there and judge. Look ahead, Al. <laughs> yeah, nah, it's, it's raining heavy over here. So, um, yeah, you're right. A lot of people don't know how to drive in the rain, especially when it's pouring. Over here, it's definitely pouring. But, you know, still nice and cozy inside, so ready to get into it. Talk Dude, uh, you talk about it's raining. I see nothing but that beautiful breeze and palm trees, man. It's just <laughs> giving me all types of... Uh, vacation vibes going on the brother wanted to sway this uh <laughs> you know this feng shui a little bit you know what i'm saying well I, you know the rain you know was it was definitely heavy at times but now the sun is out so now <laughs> i'm living a good life enjoying this weather now <laughs> i hear that weather <laughs> i hear that <laughs> it's all good it's all good Ah, so fellas, oh my goodness, so much sports, so much of whatever, whatever is going on. And, you know, it's coming down to the end of the year. Everybody's focusing on wrapping up work and so they can have vacation at the end of the year. And and baseball is all about the winter meetings and all that wonderful stuff. And the big, the big coup or the big signing right now is Aaron Judge going back to the Yankees. But... There was a tweet that went out that made it seem like the uh, Aaron Judge went to the Giants for all of about 13 to 15 minutes, and everybody was going uh, a little batshit crazy because they just thought the shift of power just went to San Francisco. But then the the owner of said tweet had to come out and uh, say, you know, he uh, he performed a little too quickly and uh, you know he kind of just had his old face just a little too fast and it was a little fast for the. Uh, for the announcement, and then he had to eat crow because the next morning the Yankees signed Aaron Judge. So, what do you guys just take on the whole? I won't say it's a fiasco or the drama. It's just more so this how everything just kind of just blended its way out with the Yankees and Aaron Judge and him slow balling, just doing what he had to do. Well, I know we had, we had we had touched on this last week, so I mean, I get you know we. You know, we both said that, you know, he got his bag. I mean, I didn't I, I would have been shocked if he did what a sign with the Giants. I mean, I think at the end of the day, they probably definitely should have paid up more than they really wanted to, but they had to. 
Um, but I guess for a consolation prize, the Giants actually ended up with um, Carlos Carrera <laughs> for $350 million for 13 years. And what's up with these like 10 plus years that you want to that you want to keep dude signed to for that amount of money. Yes, it's, it's it helps you lighten the load over the years, but still, you sign a dude for 13 years. What happens like the back end if he gets hurt? Now you got a aging, you know, shortstop. What happens if you want to bring on another shortstop? Just move him to third base, move him to second base. I don't know. But uh, I would say, <laughs> yeah, but I. I would say that, you know, they didn't get their man, but, you know, Carlos Carrera is a, you know, decent, you know, a, a decent pickup. He's the, uh, the afterthought. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he still got paid, though. So, I mean, you know, it, it is what it is. Al, what's your thoughts on that, man? Nah, I, I completely agree. I think that overall, to be honest, the way that these – these signings are happening. Um, to be honest, I kind of I find it to be exciting um, because it's stuff to it's something to look forward to. Um, I know I'm not gonna say much about the Aaron Judge signing. I think that everybody um, was a little bit you know leery once they heard about the stories about San Francisco. But of course, you know everything righted itself with him staying with the Yankees. Um, Still on the Mets on their, their signing. So there's a lot of different signings that happen where at the end of the day, it's just like, we're interested. I mean, I'm very interested to see how these signings help out their teams um, respectively. Um, but I think overall, this is something that was definitely needed. Um, sort of like a free agent jumpstart because I think the dominoes start to fall once Aaron Judge um, re-signed with the Yankees. So now I think everybody's now... Like, all right, we know that that domino was done. So now let's continue to try and do what we can to um, upgrade their roster um, in, um, major, in Major League Baseball. So I think all the teams is now are doing what it takes to keep the free agency going and assign the top free agents or the remaining free agents um, to get them on their team. So I think that overall, this has been good. Well, all right. Uh... Y'all yeah, might have talked about this last week because, you know, brother, hey, the bills don't get paid unless the brother's getting his uh, getting his salary on. So he couldn't make it. I wasn't on assignment. The brother was just grinding, <laughs> trying to get that paycheck. Yeah, we mentioned that. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? That's, the, this, that's all that is. Um, but what was y'all thoughts? What was y'all thoughts on? Um, what was the thoughts? Okay, hold on. <laughs> Oh, um, hold on. What was your thoughts on who the heck signed the pitcher from the Mets to that big term deal? And then the Mets turned around and signed um um what's his name from Arizona uh, from Houston? Oh my god, I'm just drawing blanks. All like crap. Uh the Mets signed Old boy from Houston, and he's 40 years old to like Kershaw? 80 something. Huh? Kershaw? No. No, 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 no. Mets pitcher. I'm talking about. Oh, um... Max Scherzer. No, not Max Scherzer. Uh, not Max Scherzer. Mets. Justin Verlander? Yes, yes. The, the Mets signed Verlander 
to like a two-year 87, 86, 80, oh, excuse me, 87, 86, 87 million dollar contract after they lost uh their starting pitcher. Jacob DeGrom. Yes. And where did he go? He went to uh the Rangers. The Rangers? Right, right, right. It's coming back to me now. Yep, it's been a long week, people. Don't work as much as I do. Um, yes, I thought I thought they both were crazy. I thought I thought the Rangers were crazy just because that dude is always hurt, and they signed that Joker to that ridiculous contract. But then I also thought the Mets were crazy because they wanted uh they wanted a name to replace the name that they lost, and then they signed a forty something a forty year old pitcher that he is not Tom um not Tom Seaver um. He's not Nolan Ryan, where Nolan Ryan was still throwing 44 in gas for Texas Rangers back in the day. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Granted, but there's no way in hell I would sit there and sign a 40-year-old pitcher to that kind of money for two years. Because especially in baseball and everything's guaranteed. I mean, uh, I, I feel you, but I hope you all know what y'all doing over there at the Mets. You know what I'm saying? The, and, and the Rangers. And I sat there and questioned the Rangers signing because they do this shit every couple of years. It started with uh with A-Rod <laughs> way back in the day when he was young. They signed him to that 10-year, $257 million contract only to trade him after three years <laughs> to the Yankees. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, at what point, the Rangers, and I'm sorry if y'all talked about this last week and I'm just making up for lost time. It's fine. Do y'all do y'all get the hint and be like, look, y'all y'all can't operate like this because your team is some straight trash. <laughs> <laughs> One pitcher is not gonna make y'all better. Y'all are some pure trash. But anyway, um, <laughs> you know, I'm just venting off from all the moves that 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 kind of took place, and I wasn't here to to get my vent on. Um, yeah, and it's you know it's funny because. I just saw this tweet that the Mets and Yankees have combined to guarantee three ages more than one billion this offseason combined. Well, hell, at least the Yankees didn't sign a 40-year-old pitcher to damn near $100 million. <laughs> <laughs> and they just signed Omar Nuevez to um, a, a, a catcher. So the question, like, they, I think that there's going to be a lot of transactions that's going to take place. Um I think that this is going to be a big offseason where a lot of moves is going to be made. This is just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, the Yankees just signed um, um, Carlos Rondon to six years, 162. Hmm. But, but at least this joker is still in his prime. You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, we paid him a lot of money, but at least he's not 40. You know, and when I sit there and think about 40, I think about my man, the head coach of Oklahoma State, uh, football team way back in the day. He was like, oh, man, I'm 40. You 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 talk to me like that. You don't talk to no kid like that. Blah, 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 blah. Like, dude, this picture is 40. You know what I'm saying? And then I think about Allen Iverson. Practice. Practice. We're talking about practice. Not a game. Pra- this dude ain't going to be sitting there throwing on the sideline. This nigga going to be sitting there on the... Oh, excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> Especially when we had a jigaboo comment the other day and this caught the internet by storm. Speaking of which, let's pause baseball for a second. Let's just pause baseball for a second. We can come back to baseball. RG3. I mean, 
Did you really think about that for a minute? Were you like sitting there saying like, I'm going to go ahead and say this because I know it's going to come on me and I'm just going to go ahead and say this, this terminology? Like, what was your thoughts, sir? I'm not first, mad at you. First, I didn't hear what he said, so you have to inform Oh, me. Oh, okay. So uh, I forget the con- – oh, they were talking about uh, Jalen Hurts. And every all the pundits were saying that he wasn't going to be that great, blah, blah, blah. And then but ultimately he says – he proved he proved all the jig, uh, the jigaboos wrong. I don't even know what that. I don't know what that. In what context he was referring that to? So, oh, the pundits, uh, everybody who's saying that Jalen Hurts wasn't going to be crap, and he said jigaboos. Uh, and and p- please correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't uh, I haven't caught up with my jigaboo uh, comment, but. If I if I refer to it in uh, Spike Lee's school days, you know, Jigaboo's was talking about black people against black people. So I, 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 I you know, it's a derogatory it, term, um, right? But it's like a black man talking about a black man using a black derogatory term. I was like, so really, we gonna make big news about this? <laughs> you know what I'm saying, like. <laughs> People just wait for any little thing that come out of any commentator's mouth just to sit there and say, so yeah, your thoughts on that. We'll come back to baseball, though. I ain't, I ain't done with my random baseball. <laughs> Look, but he inst- the thing about it is that he instantly regretted. So he, it can't, it can't, I mean, I don't get me wrong. It came out of pocket and he was wrong for that, but he instantly regretted. At least he's taking accountability for it. Shouldn't have been said. But you have to give credit where credit is due. So many people nowadays will talk, say, and say a lot of stuff, but don't reg- and don't instantly regret it or won't apologize for that. Um, we deal with that a lot lately. So I think at least he, I, I give him, I give him credit where credit is due. He immediately responded to it and he immediately apologized, and he knew he was wrong for saying it. But I, I I'll give him that much that he at least admit it to the mistake that he made that's that's all you can do and i'll just leave that as that it shouldn't have been said to begin with but you know at least he he knew but then again we live in a world where we have so many people of our color call so many people so many different things that are derogatory so you know i mean yeah i get it but come on no, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not defending him at all. I'm just no, saying. no, I'm not even saying you're defending him. I'm just like. He knew better? I'm not even saying that. I'm okay. just saying within the last 20 years, have you heard anybody come out of their mouth and said that crap? No. <laughs> since, no since, since, the, since school days, no. have, you heard, have you heard anybody in common? So just because he said it. And I guarantee you, the only people that sat there and thought about it was black folk, mm-hmm. excuse my language, yeah. <laughs> you know, that sat there and was like, did he really just say that? And it was just like. <sighs> so you thinking that majority of the, the, the backlash is coming from us, in a sense? Because I, do you think that any um, other culture will understand the reasoning why this why no yeah that's okay i see what you say no not at all and i'm just like and i'm just like everybody and and don't get me wrong people i know a derogatory word is a a derogatory word 
I get it. But everybody's quick to be the first person to sit there and use cancel uh, cancel culture on somebody to say that I'm that person that was was that. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, now when you sit there, it's not like he said the N-word. It's not like he said uh, the deep donkey with the H or not like he said something that was derogatory towards whites or blacks or Hispanics or something else or Italians or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like he said a term that was derogatory against other African-Americans <laughs> in a sense. He, so he said, so for clarification purposes, I'm still trying to catch up. Mm. He, he called Jalen Hurts that word or he was calling people over the reporters so that's so that's so that's any color regardless of yeah yeah well my only thoughts about this is that because i haven't heard that in 20 plus excuse me 30 plus years such a lame comment to want to call reporters i don't have much more to say instead of just you're lame for saying that i mean like i mean really it's like okay you're lame (laughs) <laughs> you didn't call black people you just call reporters in general who who uh i guess didn't think he would what would be, out good... to be something right yeah exactly but but the thing that makes it worse is that because the people that called him out for it even though it was lame in itself you still got the people that's like calling out for the fact that he even said it you know what i'm saying it's like i think that if if the reporters didn't say anything Everybody would have written it off and just could have kept it moving. But the fact mm-hmm. that reporters is actually or whoever it is that has a problem with it is calling it out. They're just as lame as the comment itself. You know what? Day. And I don't even think it's so much the reporters that's calling out. I think it was a lot of people sitting there like, what the heck did he say? And they probably had to listen to it carefully to try to spell it out and then try to research it mm-hmm. for them to turn around and say, oh, that's what that meant. And then made it bigger than what it is. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But then, the, but the thing about it is that he, like, he even clarified it and said that it was regards to the haters and the doubters that was doubting Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think everybody misinterpreted. Let me rephrase that. I think some people misinterpreted what he was trying to say because he said it in a specific term that was people would think 30 years ago. And I think that's really what the problem is. I, like I said before, I. If he made he 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 made the comment, he understood the fact that what it was referenced to, and immediately tried to clarify the situation. So, me personally, I I think that he had to clarify, which he did. So, it was clarified. He he explained himself. I don't see anything else going forward from that, though. Like I said, the fact that I haven't really been seeing it on much on much of the TV or or anybody really talk about it that went way over my head and I completely missed it. So it was like, it must have been a, a media cycle for what? A day. A day. Was, a day. was it even a day? Or was it no. about a half hour? <laughs> a friend of mine reached out to me and said, RG3, RG3 is trending. Do you know what's going on? I My response was like, no, well, I haven't heard anything. I had to do some research and I was like, really? This is what he's talking about? I shared it. And then that was the end of it. Like, okay. You know, like, there's bigger problems in the world than sitting there worried about the J word. But, you know, hey. <laughs> but anywho. Next thing you know, people will be talking about making comments because someone used the term blasphemy. 
This is just the world that we're living in at this right. Like, it's unfortunate, but at the end of the day, that so many people at this point is going to criticize everybody's comment, no matter where they are. There could be people that's going to comment about us commenting about the comment. So it's just a matter of the world that we live in. It's unfortunate. And it's unfortunate that he had to explain himself or clarify the situation, because quite frankly, I guess a lot of people was up on arms about it. But I digress because this is not really a topic of discussion for us to be even talking about. In my but, but, but you know what? It, it's crazy that I had to sit there and do what he had to do the next day because now you're talking about a man's livelihood. You're talking about a way the man feeds his family sure. and all that type of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to sit there begging, grovel and be like, oh my God, I got to, oh my, you know, if he had said something that was really jacked up, then by all means. He should have just said haters and he would have been all right. Yeah, probably right. right. Bad choice of words at the moment, but yeah. it ain't nothing like that's so crazy and so derogatory that you got to sit there and be like, you got to fire this man. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And to be honest, everybody has their own terminology. Like he may use it for something else completely different from what everybody else was thinking. So True. like they, I mean, there's no reason why this should be in a position of where it is right now. Agreed. Agreed. All right. So Enough of that crap. But since we're on football and all this other type of stuff, uh, we are now in week 14, 15? I think we're in week 15. 15. Um, we're in week 13? Well, four, 14, going to 14. 14? Okay. Yeah. Now that pretty much all the buys are, are done, who is your biggest surprise and who is your biggest disappointment? Ooh, biggest surprise. Um, well, I guess we could have to de define surprise. I guess surprise that they're actually doing good or surprise they're actually doing bad. Um, Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to say biggest surprise being that they are doing much better than you anticipated. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll take a stab at this. I think the biggest surprise for me at this particular point is doing well, quite frankly, is the NFC East. I think overall, all teams in the NFC East is doing well enough where they can all have a possibility of making the playoffs. That's rare. For the NFC East. So I'm going to just be honest with you. The NFC East, you had to have like at least a, a, a record of eight and eight and just barely making it in. You had to win the division outright. And there was times where teams was winning that division with an eight and eight record or a seven and nine or whatever the case may be. It wasn't to a point where they was winning flat outright that that comp, I mean that um division. So the fact that the Eagles is 12 and one, the Cowboys is 10 and three, and both the Commanders and Giants is seven and five, all teams is over 500. Like for me, that's the biggest surprise for me because they're all doing well and they all have a great shot of making the playoffs. So that's my biggest surprise that's doing well. And your biggest disappointment? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I would have to say, I, I wouldn't say biggest disappointment, but. It's really, it's a battle of two teams, really. 
I think the busy, the biggest disappointment to me is the Packers. They didn't expect them to be in a losing um record season that they're having right now. I expected them to be at least over 500. And they may not even make the playoffs, which is going to be very, very interesting if they don't. So I think that right now would be my biggest disappointment. Yeah, uh, for me, my biggest surprise at the moment is going to be the Detroit Lions. I mean, uh, they're, they are playing you know, surprisingly well. I mean, they won five out of their, you know, five out of their last six games and, you know, putting them in a conversation of, of, of an outside chance of getting a playoff spot. I mean, um, yeah. they're not good. I mean, at this particular point, I don't know. It depends on how the next, you know, three weeks unfold. Um, um, they're not going to win a division because the Minnesota Vikings have a four game, you know, lead over them. Um, but to me at the moment, that's my biggest surprise. Prior to that, it was the Philadelphia Eagles for being 12 and one, but really Detroit Lions are, are, are a big surprise. Um, as far as my disappointment, I will probably say the Denver Broncos. I was going that route too. I expected a little bit more from them. Um, I think there's a lot you could say about Russell Westbrook. Um, I think a lot of stuff. Wilson. Wilson, sorry. Wilson, Wilson, <laughs> you can say a lot about him too. <laughs> uh russell wilson I'm, I'm sorry about that um and for clarification purposes guys it's actually week 15 i'll be 14 so that okay, was my mistake okay, okay um but yeah i thought they would be a little bit better than what they were but i mean i think you definitely have a head coach a first year head coach that probably shouldn't have gotten the job who appears to be way out of his depth um russell wilson does not look comfortable at all in his offense um the defense is still playing good but the offense is just a disaster i think a lot of people are unfairly blaming him for a lot of the ills of the broncos and it's not all him yeah he's probably a big you know a reason for the offense not doing well but he is not the reason if all those people's talking about he you know he's the worst signing ever stop it stop being Stop being, you know, a prisoner of the moment. It is not the worst signing ever. It's not looking good right now. And if they get a new coach and get the act together and they turn around and they're like in the hunt for the division next year, then everybody's going to be eating their words. So, but right now, yeah, the, the Broncos, biggest disappointment because I thought they would be a little bit better than what they are right now. Okay. Um, I'm going to stay out there. I'm going to say that my biggest surprise is the Seattle Seahawks. Um, and not because Gino is the quarterback, but it has a good bit to do with it. But uh, <laughs> but let's be bottom line. You know, everybody thought that when um, when they uh, when they got rid of uh, Russell Wilson and they picked up the quarterback from uh, from Denver that he was going to come in and win the spot. And Gino ended up winning, and they've been playing some pretty damn good football, considering, you know, that nobody wants to sit there and and, and, and believe that Gino is a, a quality starter in the NFL, but he is leading the league in completion percentage. And, you know, just not turning the ball over, playing smart, heady football, as far as the quarterback is concerned, not not doing too much, not doing too little. 
And they hit a little, you know, Rocky Star. I think they were up to 7-4 at one point, but now they're 76. But um, nobody expected the Seahawks to be where they are right now. And then also, even though they got the Cheetah, I still didn't think that Miami would be playing as well as they're playing right now because nobody had faith in Tua. Sure. You know what I'm saying? And Tua is coming out there and showed everybody, like, look, you can knock me out. You can make me look crazy on the field. I shouldn't have been playing that game. But bottom line is, I'm coming back here and I'm still showing you all that I'm an elite quarterback and I can play this game. So Seattle's my NFC and Miami's my AFC. As far as my biggest disappointment, this may seem this may really seem crazy, but I'm gonna say uh, Pittsburgh. Hmm. And I say Pittsburgh only because Tom, you know, Mike Thomason has never coached a team that finished less than 500. True. He's always found a way to will his teams to be to be great. And he's always found his teams, to, you know, to at least finish 500, 500 every season. And this season just hasn't gone the way he would like. And it's not that he's not like the defense isn't playing well because defense is playing very well. It's just that quarterback has just been very uneven. You know, you start a rookie quarterback at Kenny Pickett. He gets knocked out. You got Trubisky come in, plays well. He plays as well as any quarterback between the 20s. But then you get in the red zone, and then he sees ghosts like Sam Darnold. And he starts throwing nothing but picks and stuff like that. So uh, I would love to see Pittsburgh finish on the right note. I, they're not going to finish at 500, obviously. But um, it's possible. What's their record right now? Five and eight. So they still got. I mean, it's possible, but I I doubt it because I don't think I I'm not sure if Pickett is starting this uh this this weekend and Tomlinson already he's not committal he's not committed to Trubisky so that means that's Mason Rudolph <laughs> and in his his time that he's been in the league he hasn't uh he hasn't shown that he's that guy <laughs> so. I'm a little disappointed in them, but you know, I'm not so much disappointed. I'm not so much surprised that Pittsburgh is doing as bad as they are. But you just never thought that a Pittsburgh squad with Tomlinson would fin- uh, finish the way they are. And then, my, and then obviously my my runner-up was Green Bay because when you have Aaron Rodgers a quarterback, you would think that you have a chance. But it's obvious that that wide receiver core is just not where it needs to be, or he expects too much of the wide receivers to be on his cerebral level as far as where he wants receivers to be and what he wants to do. So, uh, but that's on him because he basically called him trash before the season started and basically put his nose up in the air and didn't want to have anything to do with him. Agreed. And he should have been there from day one instead of just right. He should have been there for OTAs trying to get the trying to get with his uh, his receivers and doing everything, but. This goes this goes to show when you're elitist at the quarterback position and you don't give a damn, this is what's gonna happen. Yeah, without question. Let me ask y'all a question. What about the LA Rams? Super Bowl hangover. I saw it coming. He, he, they put all their money in the, in the into a core. And it's just it's go it's it's great when you're sitting there chasing that that ring that in that season, but it's reaping its ugly head now where, you know, when you got free agency and you can't spend any money because you don't have anything to get back and get back what you lost, 
You know what I'm saying? It, yeah. So I agree with E. <laughs> yeah. They went all in. Um, and it got him a chip. Um, but you know, it started when Bob Miller decided to, you know, chase the chase the dough in Buffalo. And then um after that, you know, it was just kind of just they just started off slow and then Odell wasn't gonna be able to make it back, and then Cooper Rush got nicked up, and then now Matthew Stafford injured, you know, who may or may not be able to, you know, come back this season or maybe come back period. So they pushed all their chips in the table last year and uh, they swung for the fences. It got them the chip. Now it's time that, you know, the, the, the bills do. <laughs> <laughs> the bill is due. <laughs> they got to pay. They're exactly. paying right now. <laughs> yep. Definitely paying right now. Um. It's just amazing the fact that so many teams that we thought that were should have been. Let me rephrase that. It's amazing that so many teams that we thought was going to be a sure in to make the playoffs at least um, are having such a difficult time even making it to the playoffs. Um, and to be honest, the surprises of some that are we never thought would actually be there in the playoff hunt is actually making the playoff hunt. So it's good to have this type of change instead. And, you know, cause like we said, we always thought that the Packers was going to make the playoffs. We thought that the Rams, even though they Super Bowl champions would at least make the playoffs um, again. Um, or, um, you know, we thought that everything was going to be the status quo, but it looks like there's changes that are happening all for the right team, all for the teams that haven't made that push. And it looks like, everything is going in their favor on their way while the teams that you would think would make the playoffs is taking a step back. Yeah. I want to look back to, to what you're saying as far as the NFC East, where, you know, you are very surprised with them as a whole and yeah, they've, they've been bad um, or, or they've been more top heavy than, than anything over the last couple of years. But I figured it was going to be only a matter of time because it feels like it's always one division on both sides is always like the weakest link and NFC East for like the last couple of years, the weakest link. Now they're not. Sure. And it looks like the weakest link is a, it's a flip between the NFC South and the NFC, uh, and the NFC, uh, North at the moment. So, um, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to see everybody doing well. Um, but, um, I don't know. I, oof. The playoffs is going to be very, very interesting to see how it all fills out. I'm, I'm a Giants fan. I was more surprised that it was even 6-1 and one when it got there. I still thought it was fool's gold. I thought it was, <laughs> it was a lot of smoke and mirrors. But, of course, the one thing that the Giants are, do do is happen to have a lot of injuries. Sure. And people was dropping like flies and I figured eventually it was going to catch up to him and it has, and it hasn't looked pretty. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't think the Giants are going to make it in. They play the Washington commanders on Sunday for the night football. It's a, it's a coin flip to think who's going to win. I mean, um, so I don't know. It's oof. Well, between the commanders, the, the commanders, the Giants, and I forgot the other two teams, there's still two, two playoff spots left. So um, they have a good chance. I mean, and to be honest, that's something that we couldn't say before about the Giants or the Commanders. We know where um, Dallas and Philadelphia is, is at the moment, but at least we can say those 
even though they're at the bottom of the NFC East, and even that's a coin flip to say they're at the bottom, they're still in a good chance to make the playoffs. And times there were times when we could never even say that at this week of the season, NFL season, because we already knew that they were some teams were mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Yeah, well. Right now, they're the Giants to keep a playoff spot. They're going to need San Fran to beat Seattle, which right now they're leading them. I think fourteen to three. Yeah. Um, go San Fran. We're gonna we're gonna loop back to your 49ers. <laughs> okay. And uh, and then the Giants and the Washington Redskins don't need to end in a tie, but if they end in a tie, it still helps their both of their causes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh. You know, they just need San Fran needs to beat Seattle and the Giants and they just gotta kind of win outright and hope that you know Detroit doesn't start winning more games because that because that could be interesting. If Seattle loses, Giants or Washington loses, and Detroit keeps winning, that's gonna be very interesting. Detroit could fuck around the sink in there and get the um and get that seven seed. And that's who it de- it depends if you know Seattle loses, Washington mm-hmm. or the Giants keep losing, and Detroit keeps winning, they could mess around and get a seven seat of one of those two teams. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy the fact that we're talking about Detroit, the Giants, and Washington Commanders all fighting for a playoff spot. And Seattle, don't 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 sleep. Nobody was sitting there thinking that Seattle would be in a point where they are to sit there and consider a playoff spot. So. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like all, all those four teams, those four teams are fighting for the last couple, two spots. Um, and quite frankly, we never – if you would have said last year that those four teams would be fighting for a playoff spot, we'd have had a good argument of saying why that wouldn't have ever happened. So the fact that they're even in this position, you have to give credit where credit is due. Yeah, I think at least that seven seed, at least on the NFC side, is – you might wind up and get three teams out of the NFC East <laughs> in the playoffs. And that last spot is going to be a, a toss up between NFC North, West, and maybe wind up with four out of the um, NFC East. But I think you're going to get at least three. Who's coming out of the, um, the central Minnesota. Yeah. Minnesota, Minnesota right now would be the, um, the second seed. And everybody else is just sticking up the joint. Yeah. And the South is Tampa Bay, obviously. Um, Tampa Bay is Tampa Bay's to lose. To lose at this point. Right. <laughs> and then the uh, NFC West is San Fran. It's San Fran and Seattle. And Seattle. But if Seattle beats your boys, it's going to make things very interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If they lose, it's going to give uh, it's going to give a little bit more cushion to the, the Redskins and or the, and or the Giants, depending who loses. Now, I've been a big I've been a big component and a big supporter of the Giants doing well, and and e, you're just like you're just sitting there waiting for everything to implode. <laughs> so has has things imploded or? Do you still have hope and faith that they can rebound after this little skid that they have? 
I don't know because like me and I was talking, they have some some injuries. Um Leonard Williams, their 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 um their defensive lineman, mm-hmm. they're also, you know, they're all pro defensive linemen who went out in the Eagles game and you saw the Eagles basically run all run all over him. Um if he's out this this next game, I don't think they're gonna win. The offense is, just has no life at this moment. Saquon Barkley has just not been able to you know, generate much more offense, but I think eventually people kind of caught wind of what the Giants were doing, and they just got a smitten of injuries all all across the board. So, I think they're they were playing better than what people expected. Now, I think they kind of settled down to what their talent level really is. They give credit to Brian Dayball; he had them guys clicking. You know, right. first half of the season, I think the second half, I think you know the chickens came home and roost a little bit too early, and I think. That put like this, that Detroit Lions game, when they lost that one, that was the game that they didn't need to lose. That messed them up. So based on what you've seen, is David Jones your quarterback? No, not long term. And I think that and I think they know it. They I think they knew it going in. I think this season is just a validation of saying that. Daniel Jones is not the Giants' long-term answer. He's a short-term fix until they can find something long-term. And this, they picked up his fifth-year op, uh, fifth option. No, they did oh, not. Oh, okay, okay. Interesting. So it puts them in a pretty good decision. Of They'll probably, depending on where they fall in the draft, Maybe they pick up somebody to kind of give us some competition, you know, in the draft. Maybe they go in free agency and grab somebody. I don't know. Maybe we'll go after take Mr. Relevant Brock Purdy from you guys since hey, you guys hey, got hey, so much hey. so much invested in Trey Lance. That that is a possibility. That is a possibility. Well, yeah. So let's talk about your 49ers, man. I mean, <laughs> I mean it, I mean. The kid looked good last week. The kid's looking, eh, he's looking okay right now. When I was watching the game before we had the call, um, let's see, like this, he has a different skill set than, than Trey Lance. He does. He mm-hmm. does. He does. I will say that when you see him now, when you saw Trey Lance, you know, in the offense, I know everybody says Trey Lance has more upside and everything, but. The boy looks like he has a better command of the offense and looks a lot better right now than Trey Lance did when he first started before he got hurt. It's not to say Trey Lance could have eventually, you know, you know, maturated and got a lot better as the season progressed. I think that's what Kyle Shanahan is doing, but he's going to be in a little bit of a pickle if this kid keeps playing good and you're seeing good out the box instead of we know he's good, but we got to wait to see when he gets good. Yeah, I feel you on that. Um, huh. The only well, person that, we know is the odd man out is Jimmy G. <laughs> and and I've already read articles where they're talking about bringing Jimmy G, uh, Jimmy G back for another year. For what? <laughs> <laughs> because the 49ers probably understand that they need to win. And they need to win now based off the personnel that they have. Exactly. You know, um, you have Christian McCaffrey that his window 
as a running back, and and I didn't realize he was in the league for eight years already. Mm-hmm. His windows is shrinking. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, Debo, even though he just signed a nice contract, great. Brandon Ayuk is, is in the third or fourth year. He's going to want a contract. Um, there's a lot of moving pieces on uh, the Niners' offense and defense that Jokers are going to want to get paid, and they know they, they can't sit there and pair everybody, so they know they got to do something now versus later. So I don't think Purdy regenerate enough to warrant a, a draft pick high enough for the for the Niners to sit there and say, okay, we'll part with, with Purdy. But I think if Purdy keeps playing the way he's playing, that they may be willing to part ways with Jimmy G in a sense like, okay, we might be able to part ways with him and not pay that contract in efforts to bring in somebody young um, in the draft and pay him the bare minimum so we can stay under this uh, under this cap. So I can see that. Um, but like I said earlier, this has a lot to do with uh, Shannon. It's, it's almost like deja vu with Shanahan and Washington versus Shanahan in San Francisco. We had RG3, and uh, I can't think of the quarterback from uh, Minnesota right now. Kirk Cousins. Oh, Kirk Cousins, yes. You had the RG3 Kirk Cousins conundrum, and now you have uh, Trey Lance and Brock Purdy conundrum. And you just kind of – you got to kind of ride the, the more athletic quarterback and see where it goes just because – no matter what anybody might say or do, the quarterback position in the NFL is moving towards a more athletic type of QB. And it just goes to show. I watched a little bit of the Niners uh, Seahawks game. Geno is very much a nice pocket quarterback, but you can see he is not fleet of foot. <laughs> And when that damn pass rush was coming in, he could not escape it, and he got sacked. <laughs> and I think it's coming to a point where you need a quarterback who has some wheels that could get outside and roll out and do whatever to be successful in the NFL. So, with that being said, um, I think despite all this and Jimmy G being an odd man out in this particular scenario, I think Jimmy G might be gone. And then if that's the case, do the Giants turn around and uh, sign a Jimmy G? Because you guys do have the talent. You have you have the running back. Barkley's back. As long as you can keep him healthy and the offensive line is doing what they're doing, Barkley is a good running back. You got some decent wide receivers. You got a tight end. Jimmy G is a nice dink and dunk type of QB that you need. Will the Giants go after a Jimmy G? Uh, I put it to you like this: If the if the Giants don't make the playoffs and they still play flat, I don't see it because if they were going to go for him, they would have went went for him when they had the chance. And they could have got him on the cheap. Um, if Daniel Jones plays like he plays, just flat, they really wanted to bring their own guy in, a young guy that they can mold with to these offense. So I so Jimmy G will probably still be out because. If the Giants had everything and they were in need of just one piece, the quarterback was the missing link, 
then I will probably say they're probably, they may, but they got a lot of other issues and Jimmy G would get <laughs> right now. Our two te- um, linemen from Alabama ain't blocking worth shit. So you, you bound to put Jimmy G back there and he might get injured again with the giants. <laughs> so I don't know, but my biggest question is let's say hypothetically speaking, Dan Fran makes the NFC championship game with Brock Purdy. He loses. Or he makes it to the Super Bowl, which I'm pretty, which I'm hoping for, because that means Dallas Cowboys and 49. I mean, and the Eagles aren't in there. And he and he loses. What do the 49ers do now? Because because at that particular point, Jimmy G is definitely going to be gone, regardless of what somebody say they might keep him. Trey Lance is still on the shelf. And then that kid looks good all the way up until one of those two games and loses. And then you got to go back into the next season. You're going to have to start Trey Lance because you gave up a lot to get. Mm-hmm. So he's going to be the starter next year. Right. And what happens if Trey Lance comes back and he's not looking good? Because hmm. that's, the, that's the conundrum that awaits if the 49ers play good and make a deep run into the playoffs. Right. Uh, and the sad thing about it is if Trey Lance isn't playing to a point where you thought that he could get you the assets that you needed that you gave up, then what you going to do? Mm. I mean, at what point... I think with RG3, RG3 played his four years with the Redskins, and then they just didn't sign him to a fifth-year option. And then he got picked up with uh, with Cleveland. So I think that's what's going to have to happen with with, uh, with Trey Lance. And then on top of that, then you have to sit there and, and consider Brock Purdy Do you sit there and watch what the Redskins did with with uh, Kirk Cousins and uh, him walk away with nothing? Or do you trade him and get some assets and then you just kind of reset? And I think that's probably what the Niners would do. I think they would just reset. But at that point, then if, if, if it's really like that, then you have to think Shanahan is gone. You have to think that... Uh, the GM is gone. You have to think that it's, it's going to be like a huge turnover at that point. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's have to kind of see. Yeah. I mean, um, I, yeah. That's, a, that's, that's a good problem to have for the, for the Niners right now. Yeah. So, uh, oof. I agree. I don't, I totally agree. You know what I'm saying? So Let's have to wait and see how things playing out. Um, and right now, let me give you an update. It's 26, 21 to 6. San Fran, baby. It's all about the defense, and it's all about Shanahan and his misdirection and uh, and keeping keep defenses off their toes considering what Brock Purdy is doing versus what Jimmy G was doing versus what Trey Lance was doing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I have to give them props on that just for keeping it fresh, keeping the offense in the situations where keeping defenses on their toes. So, Yeah. I'll say there's one last thing about your 49ers. I, I think Jimmy G will probably still be 
maybe putting up the same amount of points if he was healthy and still playing that Brock Purdy is doing. But the fact is, Trey Lance isn't. So Brock Purdy will make Jimmy G expendable in the offseason if he keeps playing well, regardless of how it ends. But I don't think he's going to make Trey Lance expendable. But at, oh, a certain, but at a certain point, you got this talented QB on the roster. You're going to probably want to keep him just in case Trey Lance gets hurt because you're because he's running quarterback. Yeah. And that's why I think that Brock Purdy playing the way he is, is making it so that Jimmy G is expendable. Oh, and we and we know that Jimmy G can get at least a third round pick when he's healthy. About to say when he's healthy. <laughs> that's, that's the key when he's, healthy, when he's healthy. And there will be teams out there vying for him because they got teams out there that had pretty decent rosters. And if they just had a better quarterback, Steelers, uh, Giants. Um, Giants won Brock Purdy before they won Jimmy um, Jimmy G. Oh, but you can take a Jimmy G and you can still go out there and get somebody in the draft. Jimmy yeah, G is want, not even 30 yet. They want long-term investment. <laughs> but but Jimmy is Jimmy G even 30? He's an old, old late 29 with injuries. They want a young person. If I'm a Jim, if I'm the GM's owner, do I want Brock a Brock Purdy type person or do I want Jimmy G with a history of injuries? I'll go after the young kid. Jimmy G probably got two to three more years. I need someone with the new regime put like that. The new regime. Once their guy is going to be the franchise quarterback, that's going to be there for the next, you know, five plus years. Jimmy G is a rental for at least two years. I agree with Jimmy, you. Jimmy G is 31 years old. He's 31, but think about what you got to give up to get a Purdy. Versus you, might go to, you... you might go to Tampa. If, if, if Tom Brady say, F it, I don't want to do this anymore and leave Tampa. <laughs> I can see him going to Tampa. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a good look for him. Okay, he might, and he might thrive in that damn system. You never know. I, I, th- I think he would. You know, but fellas, I think we've uh, hit our time. Like I said, you know, we always come into these things where we sit there like, "What are we gonna talk about?" <laughs> and then we always end up just talking and talking and talking, like we ain't, like we've been doing this forever, fans, folks. I just want you to know that when we come into this joint, we be like, dude, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> but we always manage to come up with some great content because we want you guys to know how we feel about shit that's going on. So oh, that quickly, means, yes, before sir, we yes, bounce, sir. I just want to ask one last question. Uh, Michael Parsons had made some comments on the Von Miller podcast um, about uh, when asked about Jalen Hurts MVP. And he just basically said, uh, paraphrasing is it more the team or is it more him Mm -hmm. so do you think he was taking a shot at jalen hurts or do you or and or blim first do you think he was um out of bounds for the comments and two do you think was really a direct shot at jalen hurts uh i think he's talking smack to talk smack and when philly rolls up on their ass and beat the shit out of him he gonna sit there and retract his words. That's my that's my thoughts on that. Because it's not like Philly hasn't played halfway decent defenses, and they still came out victorious. So I, I will say this. Uh, I'll just leave it at this. Christmas Eve is going to be must see TV. All right. Christmas Eve yeah. is going to be must see TV because it's the first 
first Christmas Eve, I ain't got to worry about trying to find something to watch outside of the Christmas story. You know, it's a wonderful life. <laughs> you know, exactly. Exactly. It's a reason now to watch. I mean, it's a reason. It's more of an invested reason to watch football. I'll put it like that. I, I'll say it like this. Uh, AC was talking smack, and I was all for it. I like it. Not that he wasn't saying anything that was necessarily wrong or out of bounds. He was kind of critiquing this, this situation. But fuck it, man. I'm all for it. Same here. Same here. Just strap your shit up. Put it on the field in between them lines and see who comes out victorious. Now, if they get smacked, then he's going to be like, <laughs> you know, he, you know, he's going to have egg on his face. But hey, look, I, I like the trash talk. You just got to go out there, and now you got to back. We didn't really say much. You just got to just back up your opinions. <laughs> right. Well, at least if nothing else, come out there and show that you showed ass. If your team, even if your team didn't, you came out there and put up big numbers. Right, you can't you can't look bad if if you lose. Exactly, you had yeah. to come out there ball out, and then you can sit there and say, "Well, I brought my A game," exactly. and you know it just didn't work out. Don't put your team underneath the bus, but just say you know things didn't work out. Ah, well, fellas, it's always fun. It's the holiday season's full of cheer. Everybody's happy. You know, so with that being said, where can folks find you? You know, are they going to find you in Yuletide carols and uh, roasting chestnuts on open fires? Or <laughs> what, what would you guys be doing? <laughs> uh, you find me on Snapchat, Twitter, and the gram, J.E. Ross, number seven. And you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, I am our calls, Twitter, Instagram, I am our calls. One more thing before we go. Um, I have to give credit where credit was due. I didn't expect Baker Mayfield to come back and do what he did with the LA Rams. So I have to eat a little bit of crow. Um, shout outs to him for winning that game against the Raiders. Um, shout outs to the Rams for even picking him up because I really thought he was done um, from the NFL season, um, at least for now. But he came back with the Rams and got that win. So I got to give, give credit where credit was due. Facts. Facts. He looked like he looked like okay, but that first quarter when he when they needed him, he came through. So, yeah. Shout out to Baker. Happy fall. Uh so with that being said, you gonna find me not caroling with some folks. I'm not roasting any chestnuts or any of that good stuff. I plan to smoke a turkey on my Christmas, so I'll be singing carols while I'm smoking turkeys. So that's where you find me. Smoking a turkey somewhere. Mm-hmm. Make sure you hit those high notes. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. So with that being said, yo, we appreciate y'all. We love, you know, all the comments, the love, everything that you guys show us. Keep it coming. We try to bring that heat in 2023. You know what I'm saying? So I can't say we'll be back next week because it's right before the holidays, but we may. Don't sleep on us, but if we're not back next week, we're going to be back the beginning of January. We're bringing that heat. So with that being said, we thank y'all. We love y'all. Peace. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy holidays. Everything. Happy Kwanzaa. Yo, just enjoy family. Enjoy life. Bring it in.